you wanna address everything that's on the tip of the tongue of everybody in society? Let's get to parenting right now. My friends, if you're listening right now, if you wanna get to the five things that all of us are talking about, gun control, drugs, suicide, let's get to the way we're parenting kids in this country, which has gotten way, way, way out of hand around the insecurities of parents who use children no different than they use a Mercedes Benz, a home with five extra rooms, their vacations on Instagram. Stop using our children like products. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Yes. Hello, thank you. Thank you, thank you for that intro. I appreciate it. And, and the subject matter that you guys are tackling is something that I'm uh, unbelievably passionate about um, because literally the other day my friend said, if you had to start a business all over again, right now, like completely new around something that you were doing nothing with, what would you do? And I said, I would start a youth sports business. And he said, why? <laughs> and I said, because the delusion at the parent level around where they think their kid is gonna end up in professional yeah. sports is so ludicrous that there's an obnoxious amount of money to be made. Yeah. In, and, and it was my point of actually saying something negative around something that I'm concerned by. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it speaks to fake environments and other mm-hmm. things I'm passionate about. So I'm super excited about this. I haven't done a lot of, I've never done anything in a meaningful um, you know, youth sports podcast or platform media wise, not mm. to mention my ridiculous uh, passion around sports cards and my thesis that, you know, proper football and soccer cards are the most underpriced in a 10 <laughs> year window makes this entire timing really fun for me too. So thanks, yeah. Dan. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Um, we, I go out to different youth clubs around the country. I'm actually heading out um, to Seattle uh, this weekend and then and then across to Chicago in a couple of weeks. Um, clubs are asking me all the time to come out, um, not only to uh, you know throw on, put on some clinics regarding training sessions for different age groups, but also to talk to parents. And uh, you know the reason Dan and I started this show, Gary, just so you know, is because obviously with my son's successes. Yes. Um, throughout the past five, six years and yes. how quickly he kind of um, climbed the ladder to successes with soccer, both here and in Europe. Um, parents want to know if there was a secret formula. Of course they do. <laughs> so I, and, every day I get asked. Yeah. You know, and, I, that, everybody who's had any level of success, either being the architect of or the actual person of, that is going to be questions in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. And and I try to tell them, you know, there, there really isn't a secret formula, you know, um, um, but you do have to be careful uh, in regards to your children and how, um, through their sports, how uh, how you're handling your your day to day relationship with them. So, for me, uh, you know, and, and and Dan and I have done already a few shows in 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 regards to this. Um, uh, you know, one of our one of our uh, most popular shows. You know, we got a lot of listeners really involved was uh, um, it started as over coaching because as a coach of youth sports, um, you can make winning really uh, the, the only thing. Yes. Um, however, um, you know, we, we have to remember throughout the process, know, throughout the process as a youth coach uh, that 
Um, you know, we're, we're trying to build fine young men and fine young women, women for the future because very few will, will end up making it as professional players. We know the percentages are extremely small. Um, and then, and then the show kind of turned to overparenting because, um, I've seen so many, uh, young athletes that, that I've coached in my experiences, both here and abroad, um, that have such great talent as young players. Uh, however, the parents handle them in such a manner that, um, yep. uh, they, they lose that love, yep. you know, they lose, they, they lose that belief, uh, in, in, in what they can do, uh, and confidence. And it's, it's, it's a sad state because, uh, as a parent, that's what you should be instilling in your, in your young athletes, you know, unfortunately for the world right now, this is not just relegated to the sports world. Correct. And that's Academy, why we have you here. Music. It's great. Yep. And yep. by the way. Ironically, the great safe haven for a long time was entrepreneurship. By mm -hmm. its nature of being outside the framework, entrepreneurship kids that gravitated towards it had a little bit of a free reign because there wasn't an obvious North Star of being that. And now, unfortunately, entrepreneurship has gotten so cool that parents are pushing their kids into entrepreneurship Correct. Yeah. and taking the fun or the merit out of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And so in a weird way, a lot of the attention I have as a pseudo internet famous entrepreneur yeah, yeah. is making me feel like I have to give back to the game of entrepreneurship and say, hey parents, wait a minute, all that stuff I make fun of around academia and sports and music, well that's now starting to happen here. Like, for example, I have no emotion towards my kids being entrepreneurs. I just want them to be as happy and into their thing as I was around my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. that's a very difficult thing because way too many parents are insecure and they get their own self-esteem out of their children's accomplishments. It has nothing to do with their kids. It has to do with them. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because a lot of what we talked about um, during this episode was, uh, you know, they, they, the, the kids are treated almost like corporate executives. Every day of the week, there's, there's a, a function. That's right. And, and we lose that, that, that free play that, you know, when I grew up, you know, I'm a Long yeah. Island guy. I yeah. grew up on the island. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just get out and go play. You know, and we, you know, we, we, I played soccer on a soccer team, but it was two days a week, three days a week. Um, um, but that was it, you know, and uh, it, it just seems now uh, parents are, are, are putting a lot of pressure on their kids. Uh, because they're, they're, their ahead. kids are a byproduct of them. Mm -hmm. They have not detached themselves from their kids' accomplishments as a reflection on themselves. Correct. The end. <laughs> okay, let's wrap Dan, it up here. Dan, We're thanks for having me on. You know, I mean, I mean, Dan, what do you when you know just to get you in here because I know you're yeah, on the phone yeah. and I want to be conscious of that as well. Like, uh, like when you hear me say that, obviously you consume my content. Like, it really, unfortunately, it really ironically is that simple. Sure, and I think what's interesting, we did a kind of a call it a hot topics on the world of soccer episode where we talked about the college admissions scandal where mm. basically parents were paying yes. coaches maybe, I, I mean, big money, $100,000 to, to list their player as a, or their son or daughter as a recruit and help them get into the college I'm aware. and talk about, I, I think that's the kind of the. Uh, and, and I remember that scandal and everybody was feeling bad for the kids that couldn't get in because somebody else took a spot because it's that classic, they used money right. to suppress. And I was driving around I'll never forget, I'm hearing it on the radio the first time on the way to the airport, six o'clock in the morning, looking at my phone, the, the driver had the radio on, and I hear it, and my mind went, 
actually not to the kid that didn't get into USC or another school and then had to go somewhere else. I said, oh my God, that kid who that parent did it for consciously and subconsciously understands that their parent believes they're such a loser that they're incapable of being a human in society and they are now crippled in perpetuity. Unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. People, no, I think, people think that they're doing a favor for their kids. They're doing a favor for themselves. So at the cocktail party, at the country club, they can say their kid got into this. What they're doing for their kid is that they've completely destroyed their confidence graph. There's somebody who debated me the other day on social media that social media is the problem with suicide and depression amongst the youth. And I, and I was laughing in my soul, crying actually, of no it's not. It's the insecurity of the current parenting infrastructure that is destroying merit and confidence amongst our children's out of their own insecurities to fit in with the Joneses at their parent level, not at the kid level. Yeah, 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 yeah it's, it's... You know, and, and I, I, when we were doing that show, I was literally like you are, you know, mm-hmm. the emotions, the sickness of, of how can a parent um, be so, so stupid, you know, so, so naive to selfish. the fact. Yeah, brother, selfish. brother, selfish. And regardless yeah. of their confidence, you're, you're just completely distorting their reality that, that actions have consequences. And if you don't do the appropriate things to get into, to that school, then you don't get to get in. And at the, the end. end of the day, that failure is okay. No, no, that failure is gotta... that failure's the yeah. guys. Everybody I know that's like almost everybody that I think is successful and happy, because that's a very important part of this. Correct. Sure. Built it on the foundation of adversity. Adversity's mm-hmm. the best. And we have completely demonized losing in and American that's a, that's a culture. Great thing that- that's a great thing that youth sports does is it teaches you, it provides you opportunities to not just win, but also to lose. And if you remove that from the game, if you remove losing and failure from the game, I think you're, you're absolutely robbing the kid of, of uh, incredible life lessons. And, but, all, and all that's happening now is an incredible movement towards eliminating merit out of sports, either through literally seventh place trophies or not keeping score, which is ludicrous. That is, yeah. To parents, not even allowing their t- kids to be on teams that aren't super teams to ever even have the potential to have a loss. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's like yeah. it's so crazy that the only thing I want for my two children who are 10 and seven is to constantly lose. My son cries every day a ton if I'm in his presence because we're competing in something okay. and I'm not interested in letting him Win. Yeah. Now, this is very important. I don't do it in a way that suppresses him from wanting to do it anymore. Correct. Yeah. But here's the reality. Creating fake environments and delusion for your kids it really, really sets them up for tough. So I'd rather my kid not want to play basketball anymore because he couldn't beat me because he's going to realize that's like, like I'd rather that truly than him going through life thinking he's good at something that he's not. I mean, like, I just don't know what else to say. In a life of choices, that's my choice. Gary, I was a say way raising, <laughs> raising Christian that, you know, I, I wouldn't let him win. You know, I like got so basketball good. and 
horse and whatever, but unfortunately he eventually beat me. Yeah. You know? by, by the way, I went through that with my 11 year younger brother. I think yeah. I won the first 287 one-on-one games, yeah. but the second he broke through, he went yeah. like 280 in a row and it finally took only five years ago when I got into better shape and he finally got a little bit out of shape for me to get my first W yeah. back on the board. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I get, nothing's the worst than when, by the way, that's also another thing. Like I want to get all these win on Xander now because he's going to beat the out of me at some point and I want to make sure I've got that something is true. To, right? Yeah, I, yeah. When we look at final records before I go into the ground, I'd like to be on the plus side of this. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Gary, just going back, you Please. know, we talked, we talked about every time, you know, we, uh, during this episode that I'm referring back to, um, just the kids having so much going on during the week and, and, uh, really not a chance to get out and, and yeah. experience the free play. Programming. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just think that that's where I became creative and that's where I learned, you know, yeah. on the street, yeah. you know, we'd play, yeah. you know, street hockey or yeah. my brothers and I would play wiffle ball. Yeah, you of know? course. And, um, I, I, I just, I see that completely now taking away, taken away from our youth, uh, our youth it, it, through sports, you know, everything is structured. Yep. Um, everything is, I gotta be on the best team. I gotta be, yep. you know, and, and it's almost manufactured in a way uh, where where they're not ever allowed to fail or or allowed to find solutions. That's right. Uh, on their own. That's right. Um, it's the corporatization of yeah. sports in America at the youth level. It's not super complicated. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Now, you know, when you think about that, for the kid who's destined to be great, there's a lot of upside of being brought up in 2019 versus 1979 in that they do get some value out of that. The problem is that's 0.001%. Correct. Yeah. And so for the 99.999 other percent, we're creating all these insecurities that manifest in adulthood. It's, listen, this is, this is the most important conversation in America. Not in other places, in America. Because America is the empire of this generation, soon to be China, it's already been written, but for now, and this is why empires fail. Because Rome and Genghis Khan and Europe, they all do the same thing. They go through such a long period of prosperity that parents worry about dumb mm-hmm. You know why you and I could free play or whatever we had? Our parents were worried about other Yes. You know, I, I, yeah. I just looking at your age, knowing I was an immigrant, my parents didn't worry about bully, a, bull, a fight at school or, or what medal I was getting because they were putting food on the table. Like, it was a different generation. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Our parents are micromanaging out of everything. Get the out of your kid's business. Let them fail. Let them live. Let them yeah. breathe. Let them breathe. Yeah. This anything to add to that? <laughs> I mean, Gary, you mentioned you mentioned that kind of this uh, this this structure or whatever is good for kind of that kid who's destined to be great. Uh, and I think, you know, Christian Mark's son was that point zero one percent or is that point zero one percent? And yet, even with him, I think Mark would be the first to tell you he wasn't. Oh, nothing was overdone. We actually at one point talked about calling this show. Slurpees and Doritos after a, uh, a 60 minute interview that, that Mark and Kelly Polisic did where they're like, what special diets did you have them on? And they're like, well, after look, games, we look, gave them Slurpees look, here's, and Doritos. Here's, here's, where, here's where I'm going with that. And it's fun to talk about soccer, proper football in this context. I, listen, 
LeBron, Christian, Mike Tyson, like, like things are written at some level. Like talent is talent, serendipity, a million variables. The, the, listen, there are other alpha parents, athletes that get together, like without knowing any of the story, which I don't know, knowing that it was a mindset between you and your wife that was the biggest variable because athletic parents get married all the time and their kids don't have math. Like there's a, there's a by the way, things that happen in Christian's neighborhood, classmates, like culture, there's so many variables that go into this. What I will say is, you know, when you look at South America, Europe, clearly when you, when you, you get the luxury of getting like super teams, you know, experience, you know, for everybody who didn't learn a weird move that was never done before in the cul-de-sac of Long Island, on the flip side, they get taught core skills. So there is always trade-offs with free play versus academy life. Mm-hmm. The reality is, and, you, and for everybody who's listening, because I have a feeling a lot of people don't know who I am who are listening, my brother and I, our business partners in the marketing firm, uh, VaynerMedia, that we're at right now, he left three years ago, and he, he and I run a company called Vayner Sports and we represent NFL players in Jerry Maguire. We are agents in the NFL. We have 27 national football players right now that we do their contracts and their marketing for. I'm deeply in the sports business. I, it is, I am, my great ambition is to buy the New York Jets and has always been. I am flabbergasted how much professional sports is around mentality. I'm, I'm, Taking a back, taking a back, mm-hmm. because I look. Listen, I have the greatest mentality of all time, thanks to my parents and circumstance. I'm not a professional athlete, even though I want it to be. So, <laughs> talent, of course, matters. You got to be fast, strong, clear. <laughs> but, wow, it's unbelievable how much this is a mental game, and all the parents right now think this is a skill game, and they're misplaying the mental game at such a level. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I, we're we're and I apologize. Where it really hurts my feelings is they're 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 raising unhappy humans. They uh, are going to go through this ninety nine point nine nine. Let's get the math for everybody in their head. Ninety nine point nine 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 nine. The amount of parents right now with a kid who's nine years old that thinks that kid is going to be a professional athlete is twenty five to fifty percent. The amount that will be is point zero 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 one. In that delta is enormous unhappiness being created. Yeah. yeah. By, for the kid, yeah. which then later manifests in the relationship of the kid with the parent. The level of resentment that is being created for 28-year-old Ricky who's not gonna make it at scale in this country is devastating. And people are throwing money at it and politics at it and it's, Oh, it's crazy. You know, I work for, you know, a, a lot of youth soccer now in this country, Gary, is, is pay for play. So parents are paying enormous fees for these kids to play, um, but they're not letting them to grow. So, you know, after a game, I know Dan has yeah. as well. I've noticed, you know, witnessed parents berating their kids after a game because yeah. they feel they didn't play well. Yeah. And then they get in the car and they're in the back seat and they're still berating them on the way home. Yeah, I know. What... How, why is that athlete going to want to come back to practice the next day or then, you know, get in the car with you again? It so, has nothing to do with what they think is right. It's they're, 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 they have massive insecurities as parents and they have failed in a lot of areas in their life and they view their child as a item, as a product that may get them recognition from keeping up with the Joneses. 
This is yeah. not complicated. This is somebody berating a child who feels inferior to their neighbor because they have a bigger pool and now they're trying to use their child to be better at soccer than the neighbor's kid so that they can have their insecurities scratched and feel better because they weren't better than a neighbor in getting a pool. This is not complicated. <laughs> it's not complicated, but I'm glad you know that, that, that we can discuss this and just continue to hope people listen. Well, this is why I wanted you know. to do this podcast so badly. What, what go kind ahead, of go ahead. what kind of what's kind of the solution both both for the parent I'll the parent that is berating right the kid and then also I'll on a bigger scale culturally I'll give it to you it's what the three of us are doing right now the fact that we are three men at this moment who've decided to use our time to make content and the solution to everything in the history of mankind is communication Martin Luther King Gandhi Thomas Edison the Beatles, John F. Kennedy, Barack Obama. Like, the, mm-hmm. it, why has soccer gotten bigger in America? FIFA, the video game, and ESPN's deal with World Cup and then integrating it into Sports Center and Top 10 plays. And NBC Sports is European. Like, this is not complicated. Mm-hmm. The so answer to this solution is that the three of us are talking about this in a way that nobody was talking about. 10 years ago. Do you know what level of pressure I am putting on parenting with my platform? Okay, Do you understand that somebody's driving right now, cliche, high net worth, Westchester, Beverly Hills, Long Island, driving to work right now, listening to the show? Because they admire the two of you, by the way, and they want their kid to be like Christian, and they're driving, and now they're hearing a loudmouth Jersey kid stick holes in their life. I am putting a spotlight on the worst thing that they're doing in their life right now. And they subconsciously right now are listening to this podcast and consciously they don't like me. Like this guy. It's cause I'm poking them at the thing that they're doing the worst. The reason I do it is cause somebody right now that's listening to this podcast has decided to take this cold shower and treat their child different. And the three of us at this moment have changed the course of a relationship between a parent and child, and for the three of us, that feels real good. The end. That's how we do it, Dan. That's how, sure. Dan, I have no time. I pick and choose very carefully how I spend it, right? Yeah. By the way, let's be very transparent with the audience. You know, uh, this is the third time we're supposed to do this. Uh, randomly, Christian and I were engaging with some piece of content on Instagram, and I DM'd him, and I said, hey, uh, can't wait to sit down with your dad on the podcast. And he DM'd me back and he's like, you bro, you've canceled twice. And I got scared. I was like, oh, <laughs> I hit up Ty- you're gonna love this dad. And I hit up Tyler. Tyler's only passion, well not only, but he's crazy about proper football. Tyler, you know, we're scared about canceling anything in my crazy schedule. So it couldn't even cross my mind that this would ever get canceled because I thought he would fight for it more than my own health checkup. So I hit him up, he's like, yeah, dude. You need to call us that, like, like we, and you know, and you know, yeah, those, so yeah, like, yeah. where, but where I'm, let me go where I'm going with this. Right. I, on the other hand, am more of a wrestling and football guy. Like, I'm pumped about Christian. And I want American soccer, and I'm into soccer cards. But for me, this is actually has nothing to do with him. This is the single conversation I want to have in society. I am writing a book called Perfectly Parented. I, and at some point if I ever meet Christian, I'm sure he'll probably, now that I'm picking up some nuances, we may have some real fun over a conversation. I feel like I was parented so well that I have this unbelievable level of guilt and gratitude 
which is now transformed in my natural ability to be a great communicator in that I wanna have this conversation at scale and literally wanna be the human, the singular human that takes this subject matter on his back, inspires others, co-signs others that are doing it like you two Mm -hmm. because this is the number one conversation to be had. Yes. You wanna you wanna you wanna address gun control? You wanna address opiate? You wanna address depression and so you wanna address everything that's on the tip of the tongue of everybody in society? Let's get to parenting right now. My friends, if you're listening right now, if you wanna get to the five things that all of us are talking about, gun control, drugs, suicide, let's get to the way we're parenting kids in this country, which has gotten way way, way out of hand around the insecurities of parents who use children no different than they use a Mercedes Benz, a home with five extra rooms, their vacations on Instagram. Stop using our children like products. Which you can't imagine. Yeah. No, and you mentioned, no, you mentioned Gary Please. talking like uh, just, just how our careers are, are all in different, different paths, but uh, truth is truth. And I think it transcends all that. And, and if I'm completely honest with you, I'm not that interested in, in wine or trading cards or uh, the New York Jets or whatever, but I'm interested in the truth that you speak that transcends all of that stuff. And, um, and yeah, absolutely. I think whether your kid is into sports or into entrepreneurship or into music or whatever, I think it's just, it's just truth. I, you couldn't have said that better, my friend. Yeah, and, and also, you know, one of our shows, Gary, that that. You know, I, I did have my son on once. Okay. Um, and what episode I, number? I had my son on. Do you remember? Five. The, episode five. You know, that's why. <laughs> t- Tyler, by the way, do you know this about me, Dad? Do you know I always put up like the, do you know how big of the number? Do you know that I, I got to tell you honestly, this is a very interesting moment. I knew that was the answer in the weirdest way just now. That's why I asked. I don't know how, if you know how big the number five is in my life. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but I always take photos with different yeah, cool people, and I I've always seen, hold up my I've seen by that. hand, and everyone's oh, like, right. I've "What's seen, that I've gang seen, yeah. sign?" I'm like, "It's not a gang sign. It's the number five. Um, right. And I just, I don't know why, but I just weirdly knew you were gonna say five just now. <laughs> I don't know if we caught that on film, but like, I that's that was cool. Keep going. Yeah. No. I know that it's five because that's the one. I mean, the Christian episode is the one that always like continues to get liked and come, you know, whatever course, today. Course. Uh, but despite that we're global, you know, listen, 12, global superstars are global uh, superstars. That's but I'm going to, sure. uh, uh, but Dan, you know, and, and you can also bring up, you know, you, you talked about the conversation that I, you were listening to me have with Christian last year when he was going through a tough time and how I didn't let him lean on any excuses. Um, yeah. And that's, that's yeah. episode three, I believe, which was called kind of outrating, which is a German phrase. I don't speak German, but Mark and Christian obviously do. And it just means no excuses. On that episode, I brought up how, Mark and I uh, obviously coached together. We, we would room together when we were traveling. And so I'd hear conversations, um, or at least half of conversations, when Mark was talking to Christian. And Christian's maybe complaining about, you know, this hurts or that hurts or, you this know, the session, yeah, this. The coach, the circumstance, and, the weather, the girl, like whatever. And Mark is saying, Christian, like, you got to show up tomorrow and you got to be, like, you got to be locked into training uh, and blah, 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 and just kind of hitting him with that stuff. And then he'd hang up with Christian and he'd just lean over to me and be like, he's got it tough right now. You know, but like he was never letting yeah, on those yeah. things to Christian, Listen, never letting Christian make excuses got, out of those I've things. Got, I've got two, two builds on this. Uh, build number one. The only thing I've been, I heard nothing that you just said because the only thing that's been going through my mind for the last minute and nine seconds is that I want to make sure more people listen to this episode than episode number five because I'm that competitive. Number two, <laughs> number two, 
in the other part of my brain that was listening to every word of you, I grew up with a mother who never complained once, so much so, and by the way, this is a mother, my mother, who lost her mother at five, who grew up in the Soviet Union, the worst place of all time, who came to this country with nothing, who raised the three of us with no help. I, don't, I still don't know how to do laundry because she did it all for me, like she did everything. And in my life, I have never heard my mother complain to the point that when I got into the world, I guess, at some level, like post-school in the cocoon of like family life, my visceral reaction to any complaint about anything is extraordinary. And by the way, the only thing that happens in societies that are prosperous like America is complaining. One of the jokes I make about is people complaining about the wrong milk at Starbucks. This was supposed to be (laughs) almond milk. like, Like the dumb that people complain about. And I actually believe that accountability and, and is literally accountability and lack of excuses and that framework is the biggest and quickest way to actual happiness. That expectations and believing that outside sources dictate is what leads to people being unhappy. If you, if I ever thought as an American entrepreneur that George Bush or Bill Clinton or Barack Obama or Donald Trump had any impact on me, I'd be a loser. Yeah. And I think everybody's like, well, the president, well, the, the boss, the governor, the board, the club. Yeah. 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 I mean, getting I mean, back to, hold, hold on, Vince, let me finish here. Yeah. Getting back to, uh, you know, this no excuses, you know, when we first moved to Germany, when I, when Christian was 15, I, I went over with him. And the first thing I learned in German or wanted to learn in German was no excuses. <laughs> so it's kind of outrageous. It's, it's German for no excuses. And I posted it on a big, on our wall in the living room where we in a little apartment we were living in. And I told my son, I said, this is how you're going to make it. Period. I believe that, man. And... So he would not come home because, listen, you're learning a new language. You're in a new you know, country. It's tough. You're, it's, tough. It's, tough. it's tough. And I knew it was going to be tough. But, but can, can I apologize for interrupting because I'm yeah. just so excited. But shouldn't, shouldn't the ambition of being one of the great soccer football players in the world and playing the English Premier League and be the American boy that brings Americans, I don't know what his ambitions were, but shouldn't, can we finally have this conversation in the world shouldn't living a 1% life require 1% circumstances and actions? Like this notion that it's going to be easy to be an all-time great in anything. I sacrificed my entire childhood to be a great entrepreneur. Just just for the record, I have deep-rooted because I was not a normal child. I worked every day of my life. Just so everybody's like, I'm happy, but like, I got everyone has. I, of course, it. How could you want to be one of the great? How is that? How do how do people not understand? The difficulties are going to be there. Everyone's looking at your son right now, who's in America, who's a soccer player, and it's like, oh, lucky, awesome, good for him, all good stuff. Do they want to go to Germany at 15 and have that culture shock, or do they want to go to the prom? Exactly. Or do they want to hook up with Sally? 
or do they with a visco girl or like what do they like what do they want like like are you kidding me enough you want to be lebron bleed like lebron you want to be beyonce bleed like beyonce mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's uh it was something enough. I, yeah I'll, yeah i mean i'll never forget you know those first few months you know and just not allowing him to 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 dwell, make an excuse to or to say dwelling is get up get up in the morning if this is what you want this is how it's going to be yeah and it's not for anybody who's listening who might be confused who's saying well how's that any different than the person yelling at the back of the car after it's not that it's accountability versus ridicule there's a reason those two words exist they're different well and i think I think it's also, because I think also what you can do with that kid that doesn't want to get up and doesn't want to do these things, that's okay. Like, you don't have to be in the top 1% of soccer players in this country. But then, but, and you don't have to get up right now, but you have to understand that, that it's like I, your actions have consequences. And so you need to decide what it is that you want and then act accordingly. We, and live, then, we live in a world that people's actions do not match the ambitions coming out of their mouth. Sure. Yeah. The end. And we you can in- change either. You can change you can change your actions Correct. or you can change your ambition. Correct. It's, I think either either is an option. Let me give you I don't an example. Think anybody- let, me, let me give you yeah. an example. My my son is like I'm going to dunk and I'm like, "Look, already. He's 7." I'm like, "Listen, man. Mommy and daddy, we're not the, we're not you guys. I'm not sure we're giving you the DNA for that." I'm like, "Look, do your thing." And and I had this crazy combo like somebody overheard it and was like, "That's weird." They thought I was like crushing dreams and the combo ended with me saying look I think you could be a really really awesome intramural city league player <laughs> right and like he was like you know he's six at the time five at the time he's like what yeah. is that even he didn't, I don't know if he even knows the city league basketball yeah. like I'm like look d3 squad three-point shooter maybe like you know yeah. uh, but here's what's interesting about that a father or a mother that says that to a kid if that do you know how many people told me that I couldn't I didn't give up or said, oh, my mom and dad or others said I couldn't. That got me more fired up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna stick it to everybody. That was my structure. To your point there, like, like this notion that you can be LeBron, baby. You know, like, like the thought of like that conversation, that's doing a lot of damage. And to your point, when you're 14 year old who want, look, that, tw- that 11 to 16 year old range gets real interesting to me because these kids start changing and all of a sudden the 13 year old guy, uh, just cliche stories, the 13 year old guy who's gonna be the next Mbappe, mm-hmm. that's what he thinks, all of a sudden grew six inches, took his braces off and the cutest girl at his camp thinks he's cute and his chemicals changed, you know, his world just changed. It changes. And if he huh. then changes, and all of a sudden, he doesn't want to be Mbappe. Well, guess what? That's life too. Yeah. But take yeah. it from somebody who went through high school where all of a sudden I also grew and I was charismatic and I had things and I thought it was more fun to go to sleep at 8.30 p.m. on a Friday instead of going out with cool chicks because I wanted to wake up at 5 a.m. to do a flea market. This is real talk now. Yeah. Well, then there's no mistake of why I got here. This is not by accident. This is not no. luck. This is I put in the work and it's because it was interesting to me. It was more interesting to me to go to Flemington's flea market than to go out with Pam Moses. Yeah. Gary, it's all about distractions and, and in this country there's so many distractions and if, if kids aren't willing to um, 
you know, buckle down and, and just focus in on, on, on really what they want. Um, it's, it's just not gonna happen. And we need to be as parents not to demonize distractions, right? Because we as a parent mm-hmm. in Long Island want them to be in the professional lacrosse league because we think Paul Rabble's amazing. Mm-hmm. But what they actually love is actually comic books. And actually their destiny would have been to be a great comic book designer yeah. or flipper. So we need to make sure that we quantify distractions. Are they distractions? Or are they actually, you see where I'm going? I got you. And I know you agree, that's why I'm jumping in. No, no, no. Or is that distraction actually, you know, because right, do you know how many first and second generation Asian, Indian, Eastern European uh, kids were actually destined to be the great artists of our time, but were boring doctors, lawyers, and engineers? Yeah. Because that music thing was a distraction, but what you were telling the next chance the rapper was that that was a distraction and then she decided to become a lawyer. When I walk in New York City and I look at 40, 50, and 60 year olds and I just look at them, do you know in my mind, like in society, just walking, just walking, I always look at them like, I do this, this is weird, this is how I think. Man, I wonder if that person right there is actually the greatest music executive of all time but their parents made them become an engineer. Yeah. That's what I do. I literally walk that way. That was the great gift that my parents gave me. We were first generation immigrants. Every Russian kid had to be good at school. And if you were the biggest loser, you went to NYU, but really you should go to Harvard. I went to Mount Ida College because a postcard came in the mail because I I was trying not to even go to college because I wanted to go into my dad's liquor store at 15. They didn't impose the way out on me. They allowed me, my mom, Mm -hmm. and then my dad. You know, the great thing they did was they created accountability. You know what, Dan? You what you were referencing was accountability. My parents watched me. They saw that I was a student, which was an enigma for immigrants. They were all good students, <laughs> and and they said, "Cool, you're a student. Guess what? Happy 14th birthday from now on. Every weekend and every summer vacation and every spring break and every winter break and every Columbus Day and every Martin Luther King, you're going in the car with Dad at 7 a.m. and you're gonna work because guess what? You're not getting a piece of paper that's gonna give you a fluff job. You're loser student, you're gonna have to learn how to work. And in that accountability, they changed the trajectory of my happiness. Yeah. And there's a version of that in soccer, which is instead of trying to get your kid to not, your kid's showing you that they're not committed. And you're saying, oh, they're only 14, they don't know better. That's they're you're, you're ultimately You're ultimately yeah. robbing them of an opportunity to do something else. I, I mean, I think that a lot when you're, yeah. Correct. So whether that's, what, yeah, let's let's music, play this out because I can see it's whatever. resonating with you guys and it's a yeah. good picture to paint everybody. Your 14-year-old who loves soccer and who's dominant, who's fast because your grandfather was fast one day yeah. and like he has showing you that now he wants to be a rapper and you're saying that he doesn't get it and he needs a little discipline and he's just a kid. No, no, he's a human. He's showing you. Let me promise you, the 1% that makes it to the league never wavered. Like, like, yeah. like, like you can't wait. <laughs> And then you're robbing, to your point, Dan, you're robbing them because maybe actually you thought that they're supposed to be Felix Joao, right? Joao Felix, right? Like, you're, like that's who the, you want them to be and really who they're gonna be is P. Diddy. But <laughs> since you blew out your knee, you know, in junior high and couldn't make it, I mean, stop it. Start yeah. listening and stop imposing. Yeah, well said and... This, I mean, question, it's, quite, I, I, I do have a question. What, what do you do? Where's kind of the balance? Uh, you know, if I think about kind of Angela Duckworth, uh, if you're familiar with her at all, and like this idea of grit and like 
getting your kid to kind of push through difficulty because if they if they're not into soccer, let me promise. And they want to let, quit me pro- soccer, let, me prom- let me promise you what the most difficult thing a kid could go through at fourteen in this scenario, and I appreciate where you're going with it. So either you make them push through, and hey, you started soccer, you finish it, you you yeah. know, or you actually let them get real difficulty, which looks like this. Because when you make that kid do that, it's fake difficulty. All of a sudden, you're the entity that's pushing against them. Or you actually let them go difficult, which is they quit the soccer team, they try to be a rapper, they hang out with loser friends for six months, they get eight listens on SoundCloud, they lost their friends from soccer because now they're still in that click. Now they're in difficulty. Now grit actually kicks in because what you have to layer grit along with is merit. The mm-hmm. merit of consequences. The truth, back to your point, Dan. What, what, what is scary to me about grit, interpreted literally, is it leads to bad behavior from one man's point of view, I could be wrong, where you create a fake environment where you're the enemy as the parent and the whole thing is convoluted. I think having a kid who's a sco- as an athletic scholar who then takes a creative field or a cool thing or wants to smoke weed or whatever. I'm, un- and, and my employees, three of them are in the room right now, they know what I do. I don't micromanage my employees at all. I live my truth. I don't make them do I just let them fail, analyze, and then I try to help when they're truly at rock bottom, if I can. You don't let your kid die of drug use. No, yeah. But you, no. but you absolutely, I think real perseverance and real grit is when they died on their own sword, you didn't allow them to use you as the excuse and you've suffocated excuses because now you're like, well, you chose to do that. No. You're, I thought you were gonna be gonna. I thought you were gonna be a big time rapper. Looks like the market said no. That's parenting. Yeah, I agree, brother. You, you know, I agree. And this, uh, Dan has, I call him Viss, his last name is Visser, but uh, Dan's got two little, three three little ones now. So, ones. yeah. So, um, and Dan, you, you know, know this. How, how young are they? Four, two, and five months. And you know this, and I'm a 10 and seven, and you're further along. Like, yeah. you know this. All your theories you had on this and judgment you had on parents seven, eight, nine years ago, all of a sudden, these cute little are running around your house and you're like, wait a minute. It was easy to say that about the Thompsons, yeah. but yeah. I love this little four-year-old. It's yeah. super hard. Yeah. It doesn't make it any less right. Correct. One of the things I tell parents, like my friends, I'm like, look, it's, it's super fun to be on a podcast right now and on parenting. Yeah. I'm having a right now. It's totally different when it's the two of mine. However, I remind myself as it's happening, yes. I'm like, okay, this is not as easy as on a cliche rich parent that's listening to the podcast and the soccer show. This mm-hmm. is much harder. I know these two. They're mine. Right. However, it doesn't make this less right. Yeah. And, and where this really goes in, is into judgment of other parenting about your parenting. I'm just gonna say this as a wrap up. My levels of giving a on somebody's opinion on my parenting from their perspective of my children is zero. That's very cute that you have an opinion. And that starts with my mother, who's the best by the way, doesn't have any judgment. She does, she just doesn't <laughs> share it. Uh, definitely stranger. I mean, I laugh when people get crippled by judgment from an anonymous social media post about their parents. Like, you don't know me, you don't know my kids. We throw around judgment of each other's parenting at a level, judgment is such poison. It's poisoning our culture right now, politically, and it's definitely poisoned parenting. The rolling of the eyes, or the snickering, 
or the eyes, you know, hey, how about the passive, let's talk about this. You guys have seen this more than me, but this is a picture I wanna paint. How about the parent that's a little bit more aligned with us, comes into a new town, has a fairly solid athlete. Good player, good, like good. Upper middle class level, comes on a team. She or he decides off of an incident, a play, at end of a game, to be a little bit more even keeled. But then the eyes from the other parents that are in this alpha suburb make the pressure of like, whoa, wait a minute. Where I used to come from, it was okay to be kind of even keeled, but I was even keeled right now and we lost 2-1. And not that I said it's okay, it doesn't matter, but I was like kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. But everybody around me just gave me eyes of like, go f- yourself, we should have won this game. Like, we need your kid, da-da-da. It's all about judgment. Yeah. The ability to not care about other people's opinions is the singular gateway to happiness. True, Vis. Are we ready to wrap up? Yeah. I, I don't know. This was good. This was fun for me. Yeah, and and Thanks, uh, re- regardless, uh, you know how we end up editing and putting this on our show, Vis. I mean, for me as a parent, still, you know, I'm I'm turning 51 this month, so I, you know, I'm just to be here and make this trip out to New York City has been great because, you know. I learn every day and I know we talk about this a lot on our show. You know, once you stop listening, you know, it's, it's over. It's over. Yeah, it's over. So I'd like to end on that. And, and, and hopefully the parents listening now, um, recognize that as well. Once you stop listening, you know, uh, it, it's over episode 18 soccer unplugged peace. And I'm sorry. Cause I'm such a loud mouth. <laughs> I want to, I want to jump in here cause you inspired me. Go ahead. You said, once you stop listening and we said, it's over, you're in trouble. Yeah. I will argue that the singular current vulnerability of parenting in modern society, and this is a blanket statement, obviously not for every parent, obviously, is they haven't even started listening. Mm-hmm. We do not listen to our children. We think we know better. We think they're children. And it is really too bad. It's really yeah. too bad. So as inspiring as your ending was, which was, because you just inspired me to say this, I will even add another thing, which is, please parent, please maybe start the process of listening. Because I have a funny feeling when it comes to kids, especially in youth sports, this is not about an issue of stopping to listen. This is an issue of you haven't even started listening to your kid. Dan, great stuff, huh? Unbelievable. Gary, I want to thank you um, and uh, for having me out here today. Thanks, and uh, you know, I wish you all the successes. Although, you know, obviously, what you've I'll done is, take it. has been <laughs> health and happiness is something. I health, wish happiness. Everybody. Nobody can have enough and, of either of those two. Hey, and enjoy your kids, man. Thank you. Yeah, that's all right. For sure. that, thank that's you, that's most. Thanks important. for having me on, Dan. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.